Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, starring Sean Daly. Pat Smith. The incident occurred on 7 November after the woman placed a call to the Sol de Jarico to complain about the suit. With Taylor Smith and Devin May. You see, the thing that Sean won't tell you is that the Jaguars. Here we go! Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Duval Hot Takes Podcast. Your favorite podcast for the Jacksonville Jaguars, brought to you by Big Cat Country and SB Nation. My name is Taylor Smith. I'm your moderator for the show. I'm joined by your host, Pat Smith. Yes, sir! And facts and stats man, Devin Mabe. Hello! Today is Friday, November 12th. As I'm sure you've noticed, no Sean Daly today. He's out of the studio today, so it is a Pat Solo episode. We'll let him loose in a minute, but first, just to bring you all up to speed, uh... Jaguars, what the hell? Last episode, we were reeling from the spanking that was our loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Took the wind right out of our sails. Then Sean and Pat agreed that the Buffalo Bills would be more of the same, a lot to a little. Well, here we are now, and something even crazier happened. Something we hadn't considered. The Jaguars won. Again. 9-6. to six. Can't believe it. Buffalo did come to town, like Pat said last week, a wave of blue did come down over TIAA Bank Stadium, but between their Josh Allen and ours, the difference in motivation was clear, and in the end, Jaguars are 2-6 and six, heading into Week 10. Now normally, this is where I would hand it off to Sean so he could get his takes in. He may not be with us, but he did send along some notes. I'll read these off real quick, and then we'll give it to Pat. <clears throat> W is a W. We take them how we can get them, baby. Defense was elite on Sunday. Joe Cullen's prestige as a D-line coach is paying huge dividends. The D-line is as good as it's ever been. Jaguar Josh Allen has his best game as a Jag. Very happy we took Tyson Campbell 33rd overall and not Pat Fryermuth. That's sarcasm, if I'm not being clear in that. Urban needs to figure out what he wants to be on offense because this isn't it. Trying to make a college-slash-pro offense on the fly ain't working. Offense looks downright inept at times. No skill position talent means you have to scheme guys open, and the collared shirts ain't doing it. Now, that's all Sean has to say at the moment. We'll come back to some of his other points later. But for now, Pat, what say you, my friend? Hey, go home, Buffalo. Loved chanting that. That was great. Walking back from that seat to the car, I took 
baby steps. I, I almost crawled back to the car because of how much shit I wanted to talk. And it's been a while. Last time we've won a home game. And, and like I said, Buffalo always travels well. They, they traveled well this game. That was to be expected. I mean, they were flooding the streets. Blue was everywhere. Everyone was... They thought they were going to come in and just smack our dicks into the dirt. And rightfully so. And it did not happen. The game stalled up. And I went in with zero expectations. Going in just knowing I was going to get my sweet little cheeks clapped for four quarters straight. And it never came. I just kept sitting there waiting, and it never came. And then, of course, you know, you have the scare at the end of the first half. Trevor goes down. And let me tell you something about C.J. Beathard, okay? I don't trust C.J. Beathard for a fucking second. If anyone is friends with C.J. Beathard, if your leftovers are in the fridge, don't trust him with them. They'll be gone. He'll take advantage of it. Don't leave your girl around C.J. Beathard. She's gone. She'll swoop that bitch up in a heartbeat. Do not leave anything that is not nine-foot divots nailed into concrete. Do not leave it around C.J. Beathard because that man was on the field for three plays and damn near took Trevor Lawrence's job. That man had three plays and he was like, yep, I'm about to fucking ball out. Watch me go. And that guy threw a beautiful ball to Dan Arnold on the sideline. Tiptoe uh, Dan Arnold play. Good on his part. Dragged his toe in. Caught the ball. Then threw another bomber to Jamal Agnew, who just dropped the ball in the end zone. Still having receiver dropping problems. But, I mean, threw an absolute dime to Jamal Agnew. He dropped it. Luckily, we had some uh, defensive uh, interference, and we were able to get that with a couple yards and move up the chains. And then, of course, as everyone knows, Carlos Hyde comes in and fumbles the football, kills the buzz for everyone. And uh, Trevor was back shortly after that drive. He said, no, no, you you had quite enough time, CJ. I, I would actually argue maybe too much time on the field. Uh, but yeah, hell of a backup quarterback in CJ Beathard, all jokes aside. I just don't trust you, motherfucker, for nothing. I wouldn't leave anything that I prized in my life around you for more than five seconds and that's it and it's gone but moving on Josh Allen probably had one of the best games of his career this year the Josh Allen v Josh Allen matchup that everyone was uh commentating on and providing their own coverage throughout the game I mean that's that's about as good as you're gonna get Josh Allen gets a pick Josh Allen gets a sack Josh Allen gets a fumble recovery all courtesy of Josh Allen from Buffalo the bad Josh Allen that was that was an exciting game to watch. I don't think he went into it with that hype, but if he did, I mean, the guy won in spades. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. Uh, the defense came alive this game. I have been harping and pleading and praying, and I, I think I, in every possible way imaginable, uh, just begging for some kind of life outside of the defensive line because, and again, they did well again this week with the with the rush. I think we allowed 60 yards in rushing. Um, 72. 72. We allowed 72 yards in rushing, 50 of which came from Josh Allen himself. So really, if you take the, the scrambling out, out of Josh Allen, uh, you allowed 24 yards on, on rushing. I mean, that's stellar you're gonna win the game in the trenches every single time with that performance and the token of josh allen obviously with his ability to move and extend plays and and even 
uh, draw plays for him personally, he he did scramble a lot. This defensive line came alive in pressure. But not only does Josh Allen have a game, I mean, he had an excellent game. Dewan Smoot had a hell of a fucking game. Uh, in the presser, uh, Urban Meyer was talking about Dewan Smoot getting stronger uh, throughout the season and, and putting on more muscle. And if that is the case, I mean... Watching him swim on the on the edge and, and get behind tackles the way he was doing it this week was phenomenal. It was great to watch. Uh, I mean, of course, he, he procured a sack himself, so uh, had a hell of a fucking game, and I loved watching that, the, the D-line as a whole. And then, of course, we can't, I don't want to mention, but I have to mention uh, Taven Bryant and, and his campfire, Campfire Taven, uh, with his two sacks. To show for and, and and two pressures, crazy, crazy to see that Taven Bryan even showed up on the stat sheet this week. Uh, as quiet of a season he's been having, and then kind of lackluster performance that he's had for the majority of this year. Uh, to come alive and get two sacks was was great, great to watch. Jihad Ward was getting in on the action. Uh, he was just a few inches away from bringing Josh Allen down. It, he got shucked off, but it, you know, regardless, you know, he was getting the, in the backfield and he was getting pressure and creating havoc. That's that's what I want to see because you're not always going to play the Josh Allens of this league. You're going to play more guys uh, that are feet in concrete versus having legs and, and extending plays. Of course, the league is going to that. Uh, eventually, you know, m- m- the majority of teams will have some kind of quarterback that has that ability. But a lot of the league is still guys that just stay in the pocket all day long and they live and die in the pocket. They don't scramble. They can't move. And if you're coming off the edges and you're coming up the middle and you're creating havoc and you're and you're making that guy choose between forcing a throw and possibly throwing a pick or just keeping it and taking a sack, you're going to win most games than not. And this defense really came out playing this week. I mean, playing, and that's an testament to the score. Obviously, our, our offense never really caught fire, but again, on the flip side, you played one of the better defenses in this league uh, this week. So the fact that you basically had a, a defense v. defense battle and you were able to keep up with them with this ragtag group of guys that you have playing defense, that's an testament to say you have the ability to do that. You have a scheme that works. Also, I don't think we've blitzed more throughout the entire year than what we did this week. We were sending pressure from everywhere. Rudy Ford, another guy I have to talk about, having an absolute fucking game. You want to talk about a guy who stole a position this week? Rudy Ford single-handedly stole and cemented the nickel cornerback position of this team. There is no reason anyone else plays in that slot for the rest of the year. Rudy Ford, another specialist guy that came out. I mean, you took Rudy Ford and Jamal Agnew this year, and they might end up being the most impactful guys of this 53-man roster. Guys that came in to play special teams, guys that that predominantly played special teams and didn't really play anywhere else. You got Jamal Agnew being an absolute threat in the receiving core. You have Rudy Ford coming up and playing nickel cornerback better than we've had in since DJ Hayden. And and here he is. He's he's playing nickel to a dime. Eight tackles coming up on the line, making plays. Uh, three pass deflections this week. One of which was on a critical fourth down and game ender. So. Yeah, the guy stepped up in all facets of the game on defense. He should be a cemented piece on the starting 11 in defense moving forward. And um, 
yeah, can't I can't say enough about him. I, he had an excellent performance this week. So who knows? He'll probably continue playing Gunner and and playing uh, playing Nickel. Damian Whistle also had a, a hell of a fucking game. Hey, he's been very good in the running game, but he also got in, out in zone and got out in pass coverage. Hey, he, he was playing sideline to sideline. I, I really like. That was one aspect that I really loved about Telvin Smith, you know, the you know the linebacker from a little while ago. He played sideline to sideline. He had no problem. He wasn't cemented into just one portion of the field. That guy was everywhere. He was a fucking lunatic and, and just was everywhere. He loved getting into the tackles. He loved wrapping up. He loved getting to the ball. He was a vital piece of this defense, getting tackles. Telvin loved tackling. Damian Wilson getting up there and showing me a little bit of that. I'm not obviously selling the boat on him altogether, but he was getting his hat to the ball as as a linebacker should, continuing to fill holes like he has been in the past, and and getting involved in the pass deflection game uh, with the rest of the defense. Again, I can't say enough about the defense. Tyson Campbell, you still can't get your fucking head around, and I don't know what's stopping you from doing that. I'm not going to give you the praise that you were looking for. This was a slight shit on Tyson Campbell moment. Brought to you by Pat Smith. I will say that the rest of the defense played tremendously. I enjoyed watching this defense play this week. I hope to see more of it. I hope the buck doesn't stop here. I hope that we can continue to become uh, inventive with these blitz packages. Because, I, like I said, we sent everything but the kitchen sink this last week. Okay, And we might have even sent that at some points of the game. But there was enough pressure to make Josh Allen very uncomfortable. The bad Josh Allen. Very uncomfortable. And, and make him, you know, make mistakes like he did. He threw two picks this this week. A guy that I think threw two picks all year ended up throwing two picks, three picks. this week. Three picks this year. My bad. He threw three picks this year, two picks coming out of this week. Collective five picks for the season. Now, hopefully you see more of that from the defense. Offense. Offense, we still have woes at the receiving position. I can't. These guys can't get out of their own way. I don't understand why the assignment is so hard in catching the football. I don't see why we're still getting drops. I mean, bad drops, you know? The top four receivers collectively had seven drops this game, you know? It's just, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Now, I know that Trevor threw, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, he threw a bad pass to Marvin Jones, cut him a little short. If he throws it in stride, throws it in ahead of him, that's that's a potential home run throw. And yes, I, I see that. I do see that Trevor doesn't always hit it on the money every time, nor does any quarterback do in the NFL. But the ones where he's smacking you in the face mask, okay, you got to catch the ball. The ones where he's rolling out and he is throwing it on a dime to you and you cannot convert the third and long Carlos Hyde and you can't catch the ball to move the chains that is the problem okay and I I don't I I can't harp on it any more than that other than it's just basic football it's just basic catch the fucking football uh, I that has to change because in a game that was won purely by field goals Every single drive, every single yard matters. Matters, 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 matters. And if you can't convert the chains on certain plays or you can't get the job done on certain drives, you're going to come up short just like 
Buffalo did, right? Josh Allen didn't complete some throws. Some throws went the other way, and that cost him the game. That's how you lost his game literally on field goals, and that's what it came down to. Speaking of field goals, yeah, excellent transition. We go to we go to Matt Wright, okay? I can't talk much shit because you want us the game. I really can't. I you got me you got me dead to rights on that. What were you doing with those three field goals in a row, bud? I I don't know. I've I've never seen someone get bailed out more times than you. After the second one, I would have just said, "Listen, bud. All right, take a breather. Go get you a smoke. Relax. Take a shot of whiskey and calm down a little bit because you forced it left three times in a row, and that was." That was unprecedented. I don't think I've ever seen that ever in my life. But you missed three times in a row. Regardless, you got right. You you got me three out of four. I'll take it. At the end of the day, it only shows three out of four. Really, it should be. Really, it should be three out of six. But you know, we'll let the stats sit at three and four, and and we'll move on. So again, appreciate the effort out of you because without you, we're not winning the fucking ball game to begin with. Um, but yes, significantly improved and, and has been since the Miami game. I think he's just building up that confidence. He's getting that leg. I mean, he, he kicked a 55 yarder, so that was good to see. Um, we're moving, we're making moves on special teams, special teams feeling special offense needs to fix those whoopsie calls, those drops. I'm, I'm sick of seeing it. I really, really am. Especially when you got a quarterback who is just fucking playing his life out uh, every single play and and you got to give him something back for it man you got to you got to help him out just like it's it's a it's a two-way relationship you got to build his confidence up just like he's got to make you guys look good and you got to catch the fucking ball man that's literally the only message i'm taking out of this game this was a hard fought game every like i said every play counted the defense looked Amazing. I want this defense for the rest of the year. Give me Tyson Campbell woes for the rest of the year. I don't care. But bring me that same mentality, that same blitz package, that same scheme that you ran this week where you just threw fucking everything against the wall. Just pure, unadulterated, blitzing defense. Give me that every single time and I'll be happy with it. I will be happy with the effort. Big dub this week, huge dub against Buffalo. You look on forward, you have the Colts, divisional rival, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you're going away to their home stadium. Four and five, coming off of a win with the Jets. Lost to the Titans prior. Hey, you beat the, the get-right game against the Jets, as you should. Coming into town, four and five, that's, that's pretty much the team it's a very wish-washy team they haven't decided if they want to win they haven't decided if they want to lose uh of course you still have Carson Wentz at the helm your big test this week uh I believe is going to be Jonathan Taylor he presents an absolute menace to their backfield just absolute menace on on the rushing game he is going to be your test can you hold Jonathan Taylor to a subpar performance you had Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, obviously, a lot bigger, a lot more of a bruiser, has no problem smacking you around and shaking off tackles. Jonathan Taylor, a little bit more speed, a little bit more uh, cut, can ma- it basically makes his own rushing lanes and, and great vision. He's going to be a threat against you on defense. So holding Jonathan Taylor to a subpar performance is going to be, I think, task number one. You still want Carson Wentz to beat you in the air, right? You're going to want to see him 
uh, take you guys out uh, in the air. I mean, as far as receivers go, you have Michael Pittman, you have Zach Pascal. I n- not anything to write home about. I know Michael Pittman went off either last week or the week prior. Not the league greatest receivers. Okay, they're not elitists by any means, but they're going to be a good test for you know, of course, Tyson Campbell and um, Shaq Griffin. They're going to have to come out play a little lockdown on that. And this this overall presents itself as a as a winnable game. Keep in mind that the Colts are without Quentin Nelson, uh, the guard that went down on IR earlier this year. So that presents a a hole that you can uh, expose on that offensive line. Maybe get a little bit more of those blitzes called in stunt and and execute in that particular gap. And and maybe we can you know win a couple more of those games in the trenches and, and provide pressure to Carson Wentz, who's who's not entirely as mobile as as Josh Allen was last week. Um, having a, a decent year for himself, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions, has been fairly accurate this year. That is something that we have to expose on defense and income correct. If we come correct like we did last week, the defense has a very good chance of winning this game. And I believe that that is going to determine what happens. Uh, the offense obviously has to get better, get right. James Robinson, I think, is still on the fence of whether he's returning or not. Keep in mind, last week, Carlos Hyde, your starting running back, got 21 touches, Urban Meyer. So I know that a running back can get 20-plus touches in this team, Urban Meyer. So if James Robinson has the opportunity to return back to full health, I want all those 20 touches to go to that monster because I believe that he presents the best option of winning on offense. I think James Robinson moves the chains. James Robinson offers Trevor Lawrence the ability to run those RPOs, to have the uh, the, the chance to drop back, make make a couple extra reads if needed, or even catch the defense napping and, and toss it over the top. Big play mentality. We, we're still lacking on a few of those big plays, those home run hitters that we, we know we can hit because I've seen him do it. I've seen him throw it 25 plus yards down the field in the bread basket, in stride, it's happened. I know we can do it, but a good running game, a, a dangerous running game, just like you would have in a healthy James Robinson, allows that to flourish. So I want to see more of that. Uh, and I and hopefully James Robinson comes back fully healthy and we can run him full tilt with, with just absolute abandonment and just let him rip loose as, as he should. And then Trevor Lawrence can feed uh, out in the field and, and hit, hit those home runs and and pick apart defenses uh, when when they're expecting the run. So um, winnable game, I believe. It would help a lot in the division. I know, I know you got the naysayers thinking, how can you possibly be thinking playoffs at a time like this? Right, you you're two and six. Uh, you're about to enter the back portion of the year. It's very simple. This division sucks, guys. This division is bad. It it almost feels like you have a chance to win, or you actually, I mean, you have a chance to compete in the division uh, until you're mathematically eliminated. So why think of drafts and, and position in the draft so early in the year? Why? It's November. 
You know, I mean, I get it. You just won your second game of the year. You haven't won back-to-back games since 2019. I, I think the games were mm, Cincinnati and New York. Jets and the Bengals were, were your back-to-back wins in 2019. I, I get it. I understand. You have you have all reason to doubt. But let's just play what if, right? What if you won this game? What if you secure an extra divisional win? Well, you know, maybe you compete with the bracket a little bit. In any case, I'm on the side of winning. I believe that you win. I believe you win close. I have this game sitting 24-21. I think it's a very, very close game. However, you have the ability to win this game, okay? You're not playing... The the team you're playing this week versus the team you're playing last week are two completely different animals. Last week's team, not much of a rushing game. Didn't really have one. But stellar offense, right? And even, even better defense, Last week. This week, you're playing one of the better running backs in the league with the subpar quarterback and subpar receivers. And then on the flip side, their defense can give and go. Okay. And and their offensive line is not at 100 percent I know that they have Darius Leonard also questionable on defense and Xavier Rhodes questionable on defense. So that's your cornerback and one of the best linebackers in the in the league. Uh, questionable. So with those two guys, if they don't make it out, and again, it's very early, they could very well get back in um, in the in the game. But if you take both those guys out, those guys are absolute units on their defense. Very, it helps your chances. It only helps your chances. And if you get James Robinson back, I mean, the sky. I think the sky's the limit. And and you have the potential of winning a divisional game on the road. Get that back to back. Build up that confidence. I think that's the most important part of this young team is is rallying these guys together and 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 securing another win. Keep keep the chain going, right? Keep the confidence building. And I and I, you know I'm excited. I really am. I'm thoroughly excited to see what this week has for us. And I hope you are too. And uh, you know we're in this together, guys. Let's check it out. You know, I had mentioned at the start that we had a few more notes from Sean, but actually, Pat, you came so close to what he had left for me. His score prediction for this game against the Colts is twenty-three to twenty-one, and yours is twenty-four to twenty-one. So, I, here we go again. We're on the upswing again. We're feeling good after beating the Bills. Now we're off to Indianapolis to get another one. Let's try to get that back-to-back win here in Week 10, really get in stride in the back half of the season. Listen, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Duval Hot Takes Podcast. I'm Taylor Smith, moderator. Pat Smith, host. Devin May, backs and stats. The Jaguars are taking on the Colts this Sunday, November 14th at 1 p.m. Eastern, the first of two games this season. Don't forget, they're going to be our last game of the season as well, just like last year. How nice would it be to beat them twice this time? If you're traveling to the game, be sure to bring the teal. If you're not, hey, why not check out our Twitter, at Duval Hot Takes. We'll be watching along, giving live takes throughout the game. Share your takes with us. Let us know how you're feeling after this dub. And we'll meet again right here next week for the post-game recap. Peace.